Hello and welcome to The Whistler from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Whistler. Presented by the United States Air Forces in Europe. I'm the Whistler, and I know many things before I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. of the United States Air offering a hint of things to look for in the ever-developing story of the United States Air Force. And now, the Whistler's strange story. Feature story. hot and clear as Darrow and Hazel Martin drove into the Southern California town of Matson, not far from the Mexican border. They were youngish, well-dressed, and prosperous-looking as they parked their new brightly polished sedan in front of the Star Cafe. And there's a sound reason for this appearance of prosperity, isn't there, Darrow? Yes, selling worthless stock in barren mines requires a successful front. And you and Hazel have been doing quite well, haven't you? After a leisurely meal, you glance through the local paper, looking for likely prospects. And then suddenly you notice an item of far greater interest. You read the story quickly, then reread it slowly and carefully. Hmm. Well, what's so interesting, Daryl? I wonder if it could be. Nah, probably not. What are you reading? Hmm? Oh, here. Look at this, Hazel. Uh, Joe Gibson, funeral today. Who's he? Well, you wouldn't know him, but there was a Joe Gibson in the pen when I was serving that term for forgery. He'd embezzled a lot of money, hid it somewhere, and nobody could find it. Oh? How much? $75,000. Mm-hmm. $75,000? Waiting for him when he got out of prison? Yeah. At least we... <laughs> pardon me, at least we figured he did. Never told anybody about it. He denied it all. He's quite a guy. What do you mean? Well, we called him the Baron. He could always get anything he wanted. Started out working as a prison mechanic, but finished his term writing articles for the prison paper when I worked on the staff. Do you think this is the same fellow? Well, the item says he's from Hartley, Connecticut. Joe is from somewhere around there. Says he was 52, and that was about Joe's age. Well, you can't exactly call this a success story. It could be, baby, for us. Don't you see, honey? He's only been out for a couple of years. Not enough time to spend 75000 Especially if he didn't want the police to locate the money he wasn't supposed to have. Yeah. And it's my guess that he'd be mighty careful about depositing it in banks. Probably keeps it close at hand in cash. And? If that cash is around these parts, oh, I'd like to recover it for us. How? 
Maybe it would be a good idea for us to pay our respects. Huh? Oh, uh, waiter. Uh, yes, sir. How much do I owe you? Oh, let's see. That'll be three twenty. Three twenty, huh? Hey, huh? Thank you, sir. Oh, by the way, where is the Matson Mortuary? Just a block down. You'll see a sign. It's on this side of the street. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I think we can find it. Yes? We came to pay our respects to Joe Gibson. Friend? Yes. This way, please. Not many people here, huh? There are no relatives. And Mr. Gibson wasn't in Matson long. Oh, we just drove into town, noticed in the paper about his death. The services will be at three o'clock. That's about two hours from now. In here, please. Thank you. If you'll excuse me, I'll greet these people just coming in. Suddenly you find yourself staring at the profile of a tall, gray-haired man standing on the other side of the room talking to a man wearing a sheriff's badge. Your eyes seem glued on him. And then you notice Hazel pulling at your arm. Come on, Darrow. Don't just stand there. Okay. Let's go over to the casket. Let's get out of here, Hazel, quick. The man in the casket is not Joe Gibson. Southern California town, hundreds of miles from the prison where you first knew Joe Gibson, you intended to pay your respects at the local funeral home, hoping to find some clue to the recovery of the money he embezzled. But the man you see in the casket is not Gibson. You're excited as you and Hazel walk back toward the cafe. What's the matter, Darrow? We barge in on some stranger's funeral? Not at all. I knew the deceased, too. He was there at the pen when Gibson and I were, but what puzzles me is that Joe Gibson himself was there in that room. Do you remember that tall, gray-haired man? Well, yeah, you kept staring at him. That was Joe Gibson. Do you think he saw you? No. It wouldn't make any difference. You'll learn I'm in town sooner or later. Now that I know Joe's pretending he's somebody else. I wonder how he managed to switch an identification. That's what I intend to find out. Oh, here's a cafe. Let's go in and see what we can learn, huh? Couldn't you find the mortuary? Oh, we didn't care to stay too long. Wow, it's hot, huh? What do you have that's good and cold to drink? How about some iced tea? Yeah, it sounds great. How about it, Hazel? That'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Say, my name's Martin, D.L. Martin. What's yours? Sam. Sam Bake. Well, I know you, Sam. This is Mrs. Martin. Pleased to meet you, ma'am. How do you do? Here's your tea. Thanks. I understand that fellow Joe Gibson didn't have any relatives. No, but poor Mr. Telford has taken it hard. Telford? Who's he? Uh, you probably saw him at the funeral home. Gray-haired man, tall, well-dressed. Oh, yes. Yes, I believe I did. Well, he's a mighty nice fellow. Yeah, he looked to be. Native of Matson? No, a matter of fact, hasn't been here more than six or eight months, but he's one fellow the whole town knows and likes. Ah, how did he become so attached to Joe Gibson? Uh, well, um, this just shows how Mr. Telford goes out of his way to be nice to people. Oh. He met this Gibson when he was making a trip back east. 
Gibson's health was bad, and Mr. Telford felt sorry for him. I see. Seems like Gibson had had some trouble with the law, had been in prison or something, so he took Mr. Telford up on the offer and came out here to make a new start. Yeah, I thought I remembered reading about Joe Gibson. That's why I was so interested when I saw his funeral notice. You'd... You'd heard about him back east? Feature that. You know, Sam, you're right. I think I will feature that. It would make a good feature story. I think I can sell it. <coughs> oh, well, now, don't be so surprised, Hazel. I think I can write a good article on Helm and Telford Joe Gibson in this fine little town of Matson. Oh, I know. I promised I'd take a complete vacation just once, but a story like this... Well... You know best, honey. Now there, huh? That's an understanding wife for you, Sam. You see, I sell articles now and then to magazines, and this story could help us have our vacation with pay. Think so? Sure. Say, tell me, where would be a good place for us to stay a day or so, huh? The best place around here is the Desert Motel, just at the edge of town, right next to that big signal station. Uh Hank Holland runs it. Tell Hank I recommended it. Mr. Holland? Yep. Sam Bates at the Star Cafe. I know. Sam just called me. Said you was writing a story about Madsen and Mr. Telford. News travels fast. That's right. Mighty fine man, Mr. Telford. Rich, too. Oh? Yeah, always has big bills. Fifties, mainly. Gets a big kick out of it when we can't change him. Now, you know him then, huh? Sure. Everybody in town knows Mr. Telford. Our paper's always saying something about him. Newspaper, huh? I should get plenty of information for my story from the newspaper files. Where'll I find the office? On Main Street, right next to the Star Cafe. A fellow named Dan Brady owns it. Just tell him I sent you. See Mr. Brady, please. I'm Brady. How do you do? My name's Martin. Oh, oh, yes. Sam told me about you writing a story on Matson and the Gibson case. Oh, that Sam's a good publicity agent. <laughs> well, I was hoping I could use your newspaper files for some background. Be glad to help. Got copies all the way back to 1911 when I first bought this really? paper. <laughs> Changed the name to the Clarion. Haven't missed a weekly issue since. Oh, it's a remarkable record should mention that in my story, huh? I find Matson's a very interesting place. I like the people here, too. Oh, thanks, thanks. Uh, since you're writing about Mr. Telford, you'll find he's been making headlines in our paper ever since he came to Matson. Fine man. Generous, too. How's it going? Oh, fine, fine. Mr. Brady's newspaper file gave me a lot of background material. Well, and there's someone here you'll want to meet. Oh? Oh, uh, Sheriff. Yes? What is it, Sam? Sheriff Roberts, this is Mr. Martin. I was telling you about him. Oh, how do you do? Hello, Mr. Martin. So you're writing a story on the Gibson case? Yes. Yes, I think it'll sell. You heard of Gibson in the East? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same person. I, uh... 
Well, I was working in Connecticut, and I read about his editorials while he was on the prison newspaper staff. That's so? Yeah. I believe he got out with minimum sentence because of good behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm. Of course, I'll check all the details when I get back to New York before I send the article for publication. I'll check with you, too, Sheriff, when I know more about the case. Well, I'll be glad to help, too, you know, Mr. Martin. Oh, you've been a big help already, Sam. I tell you, there is one thing. I, I just can't seem to get to see Mr. Telford. You want me to call him for you? Would you do that, Sam? Now, that oh, would be fine. Oh. Six, seven, eight, J. Uh, Miss Telford, uh, this is Sam. There's a, a Mr. Martin here who'd like to talk to you. Here he is, Mr. Martin. Thanks, Sam. Hello, Mr. Telford. Hello, Mr. Martin. I'm uh, interested in doing a feature on uh, Joe Gibson. I've heard. Just what did you have in mind? Oh, well, it, it seemed unusual that he was coming out here to make a new start in life, and he died just as he was turning a new leaf, so to speak, huh? Yes, it was too bad. Yeah, but I think I think there's a lot of human interest in your giving him a helping hand. I'd appreciate having your picture, Mr. Telford. Uh, Mr. I... Martin, hmm? I wish you would give up this idea. Why? I think it has great possibilities. Well, then, I'd appreciate your leaving me out of your story. It was difficult enough having this sad experience without publicity, too. Oh, well, I understand, Mr. Telford. I I think we can't arrange to leave your name out of it. But I would like to talk to you. How about dinner this evening? Very well. You'll be my guest. Oh, no, no, no. You'll be my guest. You see, I have my wife with me. She's my secretary also. Then you'll both be my guests. At the Hilltop Inn? Hilltop Inn. Huh? Yes, it's quite a spot. Do you know how to get there? No, but I'll find out. See you at eight, Mr. Telford. Do you think he's coming, Daryl? Well, it's ten twenty. We'll give him another ten minutes. If he doesn't show, we'll chalk up a point for Mr. Telford. Good thing he'd call to say he'd be late and for us to go ahead and eat. I'd have starved by this time. The food's been excellent. <laughs> Hope it hasn't been poisoned. Oh, it was too delicious for that. Yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Martin. Huh? Mr. Telford just called, said he's awful sorry, but now he finds he won't be able to come out at all. He just telephoned? Yeah, he, he's taking care of the bill, sir. Says for you to have some more drinks and stay and enjoy yourself. Mm. Oh, we're sorry Mr. Telford couldn't get here, but it has been a delightful meal. This view over the countryside is lovely. The lights on the highway and the town below. Thank you. We're real proud of this view. Would you like another drink now? Oh, no, no, thanks. We've had more now than we usually do. Since Mr. Telford isn't coming, we'd better get back to town, huh? All right. So Mr. Telford sends his regrets, eh? Well, I guess we'll just have to see Mr. Telford at his home late tomorrow evening. Real late. Seeing Telford may not be so easy. He might refuse to let us in. He won't refuse. I'll make certain he doesn't. Take it easy, Daryl. This is a steep grade. Quit worrying. The new car handles great. These turns are plenty sharp, Daryl. Slow down, please. 
wrong? No brakes. What's totally emergency? Doesn't work. Oh, look out. We'll never make this turn. Hold on. I'm doing my best. How much longer? I think we're just about down. You know what I'm thinking? I know what I'm thinking. I think Joe Gibson, alias Mr. Harmon Telford, tried to kill us. It was sheer luck that you were able to round those dangerous curves without plunging to your death, wasn't it, Darrell? At the garage the next day, examination of the car proved that someone had deliberately put your brakes out of working order. Now you're certain it was Telford. He's probably seen you, recognized you, and knows exactly why you're here. You know now that you must have a showdown with him, and soon. Next day, you learn he lives in an apartment above his office. That evening, after the car is repaired, you and Hazel check out of the motel, and then pay Mr. Harmon Telford a visit. Yes? Hello, Mr. Telford. I'm Darrell Martin. This is Mrs. Martin. I believe we've met before. Some years ago, Darrow. Yes, matter of fact, that's right. Some years ago. Well, aren't you going to invite us in, or do we have our conversation here in the hallway? Of course. Come on in. We uh, came to thank you for the wonderful dinner last night. Too bad you couldn't have joined us inside. Yes, I... I was sorry I couldn't keep my appointment. Well, no matter now. Last night gave me the final touch for my feature story concerning Joe Gibson, alias Harmon Telford. What are you after, Darrow? Oh, I thought you might like to buy my story. Why should I... Put that gun away, Darrow. Hazel, while I talk to Mr. Telford, why don't you look around the apartment? Hmm? Okay, I will. I, uh, have a copy of my story right here. I think you'll find it very interesting, Mr. Mm -hmm. Telford. It tells how Joe Gibson came to this little out-of-the-way place and established himself in the hearts of the townspeople as a moderately wealthy, well-educated, and community-minded Harmon Telford. But then he ran into Nick Sanders. No. Oh, yes, who recognized him and followed him to Matson. Nick tried to blackmail Gibson... And on the now well-established Mr. Telford's testimony, Nick's murder was cataloged as accidental or self-inflicted fatal wounds without question. You couldn't prove otherwise. I continue the quote. Joe Gibson's wallet and identification papers were all placed in Nick's clothing, so it looked authentic. And the Joe Gibson identity was to be buried forever. Go on. All right. Life would have been more pleasant for Harmon Telford thereafter, but Darrow and Hazel Martin happened to appear on the scene. And? Mr. and Mrs. Martin will now take $50,000 of the embezzled money and leave town. Mr. Telford can continue being the good fellow. Or? The feature story will go into print. But I don't have any money. You're all wrong. Yeah, that's always been your story. Hazel, find anything? Nothing. I didn't think you'd have it here, Telford. I've got a hunch it's in your office. And we'd like you to open your safe for us. Why, you... Save your comments. The 
Come along downstairs to your office and don't try anything. I'm keeping this gun in my coat pocket pointed at you. Now stand back, Gibson. Hazel, look and see if the money's there. It's here, Daryl. Thousands and thousands of dollars. I thought so. Now let's find something to put it in. How about this briefcase? Oh, fine. Oh, well. You know, Joe, we all wondered how it would be to have 75000 waiting for us when we got out. You won't get away with this. I'll... You'll what? Tell the people of the town that we've stolen the money you embezzled, that you're really Joe Gibson? I don't think so. All right, put our feature story inside the briefcase, Hazel. Okay. Now, in case Mr. Telford decides to go to the police and they find the briefcase filled with money, they will also find the feature story of his true crime. Look out, Daryl. Rats! They want to play rough. Don't shoot him, Daryl. No need for that. I don't intend to, but... Go ahead and shoot. People will be in here in a minute. You're asking for it? You didn't kill him. Of course not. I'll come out of it in an hour. I just knocked him out. Come on, honey. It's Mexico for us for a while. We'll stay there till the heat's off and then come back to the U.S. and spend this loot. Sheriff Roberts. Motioning for us to come over. Might as well stop and say so long to him, huh? All right, Mr. Martin. How's your story coming along? Fine, just fine, Sam. Evening, Sheriff. Evening, Mr. Martin. I'll put the finishing touches on it when I get back to New York. Send it to my editor. That's swell, Mr. Martin. We'll warn copies, won't we, Sheriff? Of course. Oh, don't worry. I won't forget you people. I certainly appreciated the cooperation everyone in Matson gave me. My stay here has been uh, most rewarding. It's been a most rewarding stay for you in Matson, hasn't it, Darrell? You're almost rich. And within an hour, you plan to be in Mexico, free to spend your riches. It's ironic that you should leave the town with the well wishes of Sam the waiter and the sheriff himself, who supplied most of the information you needed for your success. Yes, sir, Mr. Martin. It's going to make Matson real proud to have this story about Joe Gibson published. Well, I promise to send you autographed copies. Good. I'll post them in our window along with the Matson Clarion's account of this Gibson hoax. Hoax? What do you mean? Joe Gibson isn't dead, Mr. Martin. Not dead? What are you talking about? Joe Gibson has been masquerading as one of our leading citizens, Harmon Telford. Harmon Telford? What about the corpse at the funeral parlor? That was another ex-convict named Nick Sanders. You see, we've been suspicious of Telford for some time, all those uh, big bills he carried, so we decided to do a little investigating. It wasn't any trick to get his fingerprints. We got him off a cocktail glass and sent him to Washington. We did the same thing with Sanders' prints. So Harmon Telford is really Joe Gibson, ex-convict. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, huh, Sam? No, sir. The sheriff showed me the letter from Washington. And my men are on the way up to Telford's office right now to pick him up. Uh, if you don't mind, you can drive me over to Telford's office, and then you can get the payoff for your feature story firsthand. Oh, uh, well, of course. Sure, sure. Uh, 
the room for three here in the front seat? Certainly. Here, Mr. Martin, I'll put your briefcase in the back. Uh, H.T. These aren't your initials, Mr. Martin. And his name tag, Harmon Telford, Matson, California. What are you doing with this briefcase? Well, you see, I... I can't... Fifties. Hundreds. All big bills. And the true story of ex-convict Joe Gibson, alias Harmon Telford. Did Joe go for your blackmail, or did you rob him? Now, look, Sheriff, I... Never mind. Find out all about it when we pick up Joe Gibson. If I find out what I think I will, you can write another story. About the conviction and imprisonment of Darrow and Hazel Martin. The Whistler. Listen next week when, once again, the United States Air Forces in Europe present The Whistler. <laughs>